0: Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley, a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love talking to creative people about what they do. And today's guest is very special. He's my friend Edward Boyd, and he's an executive producer on The Soup, the e comedy clip show that is ending its long run this Friday with its final episode. It's so sad. But anyway, I talked to Ed all about the show and his journey with it, um, and I think you'll enjoy it. But before we get to that, um, I would love to encourage you guys to check out DennisAnyone.net. Also, follow me on Twitter at HensleyDennis, Instagram Dennis C. Hensley. Um, If you go to DennisAnyone.net, you can kick in a little to the virtual tip jar if you feel like it. It helps me pay for things like web hosting, and I want to thank... Thank Ted Johnston for kicking in a little. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. And um, I guess that's about it. Without any further ado, here is Edward Boyd. Hey there. I am coming to you from the beautiful backyard deck, kind of rumpus room area of our guest today, Edward Boyd, executive producer of The Soup on the E! Channel. Edward, I love being here in your cozy little, you know, this is like a little party den. Or it's also a place where people get
1: real. It's like or a- maybe they do- you know, affirmations. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, my secret treehouse getaway. I, I mean, feel like I'm in a treehouse. I love what I love about it is if people could see it, we're on this big giant square deck with benches around the rim, and then the, down below it, it goes down like two full stories to the bottom down there, and there's the world's largest rubber tree jutting up from the base down there, enveloping the entire house in shade. And that was the thing that sold me on this house. I walked out here and I thought, Oh my god, I can imagine living there. It's be so magical. And it is. It is super magical now, right? It was a dump when I bought it. There was literally swing sets and washers and dryers, all old ones resting laying on the hillside there and the place was full of termites and rust and uh, So when you need a condom do you just go out to the rubber tree? <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I couldn't that was so dumb I couldn't even get
1: it out. That's okay,
0: it's fine. What is, it's can early. you get rubber from that tree? Could you get what
1: could I, I, I dunno. Okay. I love it though, um, but I can I can tell you that I have you can see how many leaves it grows, like um, a rash or <laughs> it it it's just, fabulous. Just, it just spreads continually, and um, I guess I should be near the microphone, but that's okay. But, I just uh, tipped over. It's it, a magical tree. It's a magical tree. <laughs> it it nurtures me when there I you go. get away from the hubbub of Hollywood, which
0: is you're in the thick of it right now because you're the executive producer of the Soup.
1: And you're coming. Your show is coming to an end after 12 years. This week is the last week. I know you've got me at a very vulnerable moment. I know. I had a few cocktails last night, and we were having that dinner, and you were all, "Hey, hey do my a- podcast? Let's let's sem- <laughs> we had to acknowledge this moment." I was like, happening. "Yeah, sure, that sounds great. I'll get up early for you. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Everything's gonna be super." And then you woke up, and you're like, "Oh shit, what did I agree to?" I got to fucking clean the house. No, you don't. Wrangle the ignore. dog. Sweep the deck. You know, put some drops in my eyes and pretend to sparkle. Nearly sparkle.
0: Totally sparkling. And before we move on from the tree and stuff, this is the kind of place where Oprah would do a Super Soul Sunday interview. We're having—that's kind of what this is. I hope so. You know what? Super Soul Sunday.
1: I'm a huge Oprah fan. (laughs) Especially the Oprah behind the scenes show. Oh, it's so good. When she doesn't even wear shoes and she's like, Shoes! Oh my, it's and somebody delicious. brings her, her shoes fly in. And I love how she's cranking out all the Oprah. Where Are They Now? Because you know what? That's just as good as Oprah, if not better. Because my favorite part of Oprah, where, do you watch Oprah where No, where but I'm, now I'm hooked because oh she's got me intrigued. She has created, she probably shoots like eight of them a day. Right. And all of her parts are, she's sitting in like uh, a the the booth of a studio with the monitors behind her with her Oprah Where Are They Now logo and she must just crank out like 30 wraps for all the various stuff they have in production and then her producers probably go and find the old footage and pull it from the old episodes and then, I swear to God, then the updates, usually the updates look like they're shot on a camera phone so you'll have like Alyssa Milano like talking into her, you know, her kitchen going, hey Oprah, thanks for thinking of me for your little Where Are They Now show. They don't even send full camera crews usually or, or they do occasionally but... The, Most quality. Of the time,
0: Yes. Because the thing is, people are used to looking at those videos now. So it's not, it doesn't feel like, yeah. oh, that's horrible quality. But it's still fun to watch. I don't care.
1: I, it's almost better to watch, uh, you know, Alyssa Milano. Uh, Did she yeah. literally get Alyssa Milano? I'm sure she's been on it. I mean, everyone yeah. from Who's the Bot. Danny Pintauro, you know, yeah. came out and, and revealed he's HIV positive. But for that, of course, Oprah has set up a little corner in her office over, you know, in Wilshire or wherever. And she'll do a quick little one-on-one to get that one juicy secret. If you want FaceTime with Oprah, you got to give something up. You better have HIV or something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's a list of the things you can't <laughs> totally. have and you can't have. It, they, she puts out on the breakdown. Yeah, exactly. Hey, celebrities, <laughs> who want camera time? You have you to have a
0: bag. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, when you... Start up a new, for a new job, and you have to have a license, or a passport, and a social security card. Absolutely, she can do a combination of HIV and abuse. <laughs> yeah,
1: whatever. But abuse on its own is not. That's no. a that is a Skype in. And she and if you <laughs> if you have HIV and it's already revealed, you need a new level. You need to you know you need to bring it someplace that she can act like she brought it out of you, right? Or give her a moment to judge you about it.
0: Yeah, for sure, shame
1: you just a little. I do love Oprah's way of having. She has her take on something,
0: and she's going to badger you until you. Get on board with her take. So you at least
1: acknowledge that her route probably is the right one. Right. <laughs> she won't let it go. I th- anyway, most famously is uh, Il- 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 Ilanya. You know, Yanla oh, yeah. fixed my life. You know, she made she made her grovel for two whole episodes. Do you right. remember that? And now Ilanya's got her. Yeah. Now she's it got worked. her
0: show. She's got her life back. It's worth it.
1: You know, that's a good transition to the soup and me because I like to talk about me. That's why we're here, Ed. We actually had I- Il- a come on the soup and do a clip of the week graphic with Lou. I decided Lou, Lou- of course, is your Chihuahua, and this, and the right here, come here, Lou. Probably Second or Look, third billing, um, of soup. He's number one with me. He's number one with you. Yeah, number um, one on the call sheet. He's super sweet and he loves to do the show. And so this year, about the halfway through the year, the, the powers of be were like, "We really, you know, need you to crank it up for the second half of the year. We need some ideas to just add a little sparkle to you know right. the soup." And so we came up with a bunch of ideas, and one of the ideas I came up with was, we're going to shoot a clip-of-the-week graphic every week with Lou, something brand new, because normally we did five or six a year in batches, and we just reran them. So I thought, you know, thought, oh, no problem, we'll just crank out one of these a week with Lou, and we'll really crank them up. We'll, like, get guest stars, and we'll make do parodies of what's happening in the week. And for the most part, we did all that, and it's been really great. Um, but somehow they were pitching Elania to come on The Soup, and we were all like, you know, it doesn't really seem like a Soup guest, really, but... What if, they said would she do a clip of the week I, and just we threw it out there and her people said yes and she was so sweet she came in early for hair and makeup and I sat with her for like an hour because I'm a huge fan of that show do you watch oh, that show I've seen clips but I am oh my gosh really. that show's amazing can oh, she on? fix your life isn't it called Fix Your Life with? Yeah, Ilana, okay. Fix Your Life. You know what? She's really in a, in a Doctor Phil kind of way. She's like no bullshit. Right. And and she gets to the base. She can ask like the very basic question of what's going on and see past the drama that you're giving her. Right. And the you know the bullshit and and she can see the very basic questions of you not loving yourself. Right. Or you know whatever.
0: And um, So you got to sit and talk with her for an hour.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were so, you secretly trying to get her to help you fix your life a little bit? I will be honest. Like, off the clock? Can a I little? just tell you? Okay, I'll just be completely honest. Yeah, that's because what... I like to think of myself as... This is Super Soul Sunday. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to be totally <laughs> humiliated by this. I mean, I like her because um, she has a good heart and a good soul. And right. I appreciate where she's coming from. And also, she knows how to make good television. She's super smart. She's smart enough to know to grovel to Oprah to get her damn show back. <laughs> Number one, right? Number one. Number one. You yeah. want to work, you got to kiss some ass. Exactly. But now she's taken that show, and it's really fresh, the way she does it. You know, she doesn't rehearse with the people. She doesn't give them questions. She shows up with the camera crew and says, it's going now. It's happening. No right. time for you to hide your dirty laundry or whatever. And, and she starts pulling it apart in front of you. She'll separate the husband and the wife or the church pastor with, you know, his, the wife who thinks he's gay or whatever. And just start interviewing. And it's, it's down and dirty really quickly. And I love that. And she's so smart about making the moments happen. Right. Um, she's a very good self-producer. You know, one of my favorite things that she does is <laughs> she has a giant purse she drags around with her. And she will open up that purse and pull out some prop to make a moment. Like I'll never forget. She was doing this stuff. Uh, some, the fa- everyone in the family hated each other and was tearing them apart. Right. And so she showed up and she pulled out her giant purse, put it on the counter, opened it up, and pulled out like a mackerel or something. What's a big, slimy fish It's thick? A G- mackerel. A tuna, whatever. Right. It was a fucking halibut. And she pulled it out on the counter and she goes, she took a knife and she goes, your family's just like this fish. And she goes, whack! Cuts off the head, goes, cut off at the head! I mean, I'm just, what therapist would do that to you, right. first yeah. of all? That's good exactly. TV. But, it was also a really good point. You know, she was she was really smart at understanding that it was the father, the head of the family was causing the problem. So, um, I love it when she does it. It's a bit of crazy. Right. What you want. But also good your, advice. What was your hour with her like? Um, what did you talk about? Well, she was doing, getting her hair and makeup and her people were buzzing around her. Right. Um, and, you know... I, Uh, What I like about her is I really got the sense that what you see on TV is very real. And she also, she's like, well, it's TV. I got to pull a carp out of my, you know, purse to make the point. (laughs) She was very, she was no bullshit. Right. But I felt like I needed to show her what a good soul I was. I wanted to impress her with my journey and my sad sob story and how I pulled it together. You want to know that if she's asked about you later, she can talk about your aura. I wanted her to relate to my story. I wanted to give her a little bit of, you know... like how I fixed my own life, exactly. which it truly is a big fucking mess, and maybe have her call me on my bullshit. Maybe subconsciously right. I wanted to call right. call me
0: on my own bullshit. She want, you wanted to pull out something from her purse and, and maybe, you know, take a
1: knife to it. Yeah, um, but it was really a great conversation because I really spoke to her more as someone who admired what she had done. Right, I appreciate. What it took for her to grovel in front of Oprah... Yeah. You know, to get her life back because she was bankrupt. Right. You know, it, it kind of tore... She, her pride and her hubris kind of, you know, pulled her family and her career apart. But she was smart enough to recognize that, own her shit... Grovel in front of Oprah, pull a TV show together, and rebuild everything. And now I love her and have her in a clip of the week with Lou, the chihuahua. And it comes full circle. <laughs> How did she relate to Lou? Was she charming and well, wonderful? Well, I will be honest and say that we'd set it up. I Since I'm a big fan, I, I she, she always has props and charts, and so we... Basically, it was going to be like... Lou was going to have a one-on with Oprah. Was fix my Lou. And... But we'd like to have a little twist in them. And so I said... What we'll do is we'll show her going... Lou, my beloved. And she always hugs them. And then we'll have her pointing... Like he had too many puppies. Because there's there's always a a father who has too many kids that they don't know about. So we had a little chart with all these little puppies. Just to illustrate that. And then there had been an episode where there's this African-American guy who had fathered like 30 children. And in the episode, she had handed him 100 baby dolls to show how he couldn't care for them, right? Right. So we did a bunch of stuffed animals to illustrate that. <laughs> and then the, the... Lou's so virile. <laughs> then the twist... Well, he still has his nuts. Yeah. And that was the twist. We go... She pulls out sausages to illustrate. She goes, I'm gonna, she goes Lou, you need fixin'. And so she snips off the sausage and then we cut to... She's grilling sausages and making a hot dog for Lou. Mm-hmm. She didn't cut his balls off. So, um... You know, cute, 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 whatever. A little twist. She's not really going to really fix him. She made him some fixins. That's right. Yeah, so, um... That's a cute little moment. How long does
0: a moment like that last? 30 seconds? No, that's like
1: 15 seconds max. So we have to cut those little quick shots and everything. But it takes a while to shoot. And that's a lot of of angles and twists and whatever. And so she was really... It took an hour to do the makeup. But about 20 minutes into having to... Telling us to emote with a chihuahua. And snip sausages coming out of her purse. And and putting on an apron and grilling a hot dog. And giving me a wink at the camera. She kind of felt... I think she was like, Oh no, I've turned into a cartoon. You know, I'm... I'm in on my joke, but I don't know how in on the, my joke right. I'm going to be. But she was sweet. But she was ready for is. it to end by the end of it, yeah. you know?
0: Now, um, when Lou's going to be on the show, you take Lou to work. How does it work? Like, you've got your job to do as an
1: EP, but then you have to remember, oh, shit, I have to bring Lou, and I have to know where he's going to be. Well, the good news is that every, Lou loves going into work. He, right. If you say, if I say it right now, he might just, are you ready to go? And just just his ears perk yeah. up? You know, he'll he knows he'll start howling, and he's excited. He knows where we're going. He he'll start The closer we get to work, he starts barking and running around in the car, and I have to hold him down. So he loves going. And then he kind of just wanders around the different offices. He likes Hathaway, our right. co-EP, and, and he knows everyone, and he, he loves going in and doing it. How that. does Joel relate to Lou off camera? Well, he's never there. Joel and Lou are hardly ever there together during the week because okay. Joel... Kind of comes in one day does a week. His and does his thing. Um, and he's not. And most of Lou's appearances are not. Are like mostly film these days, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a couple times a year, yeah. there's a bit, more, but for the most part, it's film. So, yeah. what I do love is that he'll often see the graphic for the first time on the stage as it comes up. Joel. Joel. And he always has to say something like, that cost us a million dollars, or, yeah. you know, that took us three weeks to shoot, or. Yeah. Or, or, or something like. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I, don't right. even know. I love it when he's just like, What? I, Are you guys high all week? Yeah, wow. what happened? I, come I leave you here
0: for a week yeah, and this is what happens. Fucking Chihuahua. Does, Joel, uh, does Lou ever get recognized in public? Uh, Has Lou ever been a- invited to the GLAAD
1: Awards? You know what? He's maybe? been in some things. I don't know if you know, he was on, he got, he guessed it in Legally Blonde, the musical, hit the Pantages when it was there. Like you That's know. incredible! I know, and we shot it as an, e- they, he got invited because right. they wanted publicity, and so they, um, Well, and also she has a... Bruiser, yeah. Is a chihuahua as well. So I I said, well, they wanted a news package and everything. I said, well, we'll do it, but I want... A card in the lobby that says at this performance the role of oh. Bruiser will be played by Lou the Chihuahua, and I want his headshot and then I want in the program I want a little flyer so that so you so it feels really real right
0: and also anyone that was there we, has a souvenir absolutely like if you're, you're going all the way yeah
1: but and I so we did it it was great and he was absolutely flawless he was so good I got to meet the entire cast backstage and rehearse amazing and then, um, and then uh, so he in Bruiser is
0: in the musical does he have to.
1: Run or anything, or she? He's just in the purse. He, he just he he. She, he was held for a few sit things, and then he rode across in a car, I think, with her or something. <laughs> I mean, it's it was a lot though. It was a lot. He was really good. I mean, if you have some food he must hidden. Have been so proud. That must have been so neat. It's fucking surreal because you know, <laughs> despite the appearances. I never intended to make Lou a star. You know, I don't get paid for him to do anything. No, you know? really? Yeah, I just—I mean, I he do. not get a loose stipend you know for the, food. The truth is, we—he we, got came on the show because I just got a chihuahua. I just broken up with somebody and was devastated and thought I needed a chihuahua, and so I had this chihuahua at home and just this big, just super tiny. And we had a joke on the show. When Britney Spears, I think, had her first or second baby, we said we're going to send her a gift basket. So we had this prop gift basket with like Cheetos and Schlitz right. and, you know, Daisy Dukes and whatever. And we, I said, why don't we put in a little chihuahua in there? It'd be funny too and adorable. And uh, we put it in the basket and, and everyone on the show, and I saw how Joel reacted to the chihuahua. That was a revelation for me because uh, Joel's hilarious. He's got an edge to him and he can come off as a little extra mean sometimes. You know, at the beginning, he was very. We were trying to figure out his tone, and he seeing him with the chihuahua for me added an extra layer of likability to him, and it was sweet, and it made him react to something right. in a different way that felt that you could relate to, you know? Right, right, right. And he can't he, be that bad if he lo- if absolutely, that chihuahua loves absolutely. You know, he's him. not mean to every celebrity. He loves Lou, and so right. he was really cute with it. And I love that there that, that he was very sweet with Lou and nuzzled him, and to see Joel like that was really quite refreshing. You know, yeah. that makes him more approachable, and I and I thought that was a reason to have him with Lou a lot. And so we just had him on all the time. I love it. Now, you talked about Ayanla. What celebrity guest surprised you in their willingness to play? Um, well, I don't know. I won't say surprised. I'll just say all the people I appreciate, some of the people I appreciate. Yes. Um, I mean, Lucy Lawless. Have I'm not surprised. Her? I've
0: interviewed her. She's fun.
1: She's a total pro. For so, a lot of people don't know she has comedy chops going back to... yeah. New Zealand or where she's New Zealand, right, yeah, Australia, so. wherever from across the pond somewhere. Yeah, um, but she was like she wanted to know. She came in the booth with me and she wanted to know why this was funny and how and when she should wait for the pause and when she should punch it and if she could. She was really wanted to go over her lines to be and she went to practice with me and I I thought that was great. You know, Joe, Joe Manganiello comes. He in. shows up a lot. Well, we love him because you know what he comes ready to play and make fun of himself. And right. I I remember um, you know the first time he came. You know, he was all about his shirtless, and I'm sure, and I thought, of course, he's sick of the fucking showing the shirtless, so I thought we'd flip it. I said, why don't we say, we finally have Joe here, and he's going to be shirtless for y'all, and so we got a big rubber, like, gut, you know, like like he'd let himself go, and he was, didn't mind coming out, and with that, looking all, because it was, you know, I think the opposite of what people ask him to do. And so he really was in from that moment and that was the same time we had Kylie Minogue on. Remember? She, I remember <laughs>
0: Kylie Minogue
1: did every show at E! Oh my like, God. Like she was on in Fashion one, Police. In one day, yeah. Yeah, one, yeah, yeah, One week she And would, she was
0: delighted on Fashion Police. She had like a two-day layover at LA to <laughs> hit all the basic <laughs> She cable was like, shows. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but she was great. She, ate, I think, she ate cream cheese out of his belly button when he was when Joel Manganello It was really. Great. They were together they in they the same shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember that. Who else? You know, P- Patrick Warburton. I mean, of course. I just say he comes ready to play and he does anything we ask him, and I always appreciate it. Um, was there anyone- Lou Diamond Phillips? You know, uh, we've had him on a lot surprisingly, and, and at first you wouldn't. Ne- the first time we had him on, I think it was just for a web bit because we were doing yeah. a bit about Philip Phillips and Lou Diamond Phillips yeah. and Wilson Phillips all together right. for the first time for the ultimate Phillips Phillips or something. Yeah. And we did this web bit, and he was so – he said yes to a web bit, and then he just took it to the next level and made it great. And we were like, can you come back next week because you're amazing? Because, again, he's smart enough to know that if you put yourself out there, it's good for you. you know? Right, and he's become
0: a bit of a
1: – punchline
0: is the wrong word, but he's one of those – He's got a name that people grab. He's iconic. As a, yeah, and they grab yeah. him as,
1: like, what happened to that guy? Like, But he's working all the time. Right. And I think part of it, too, is because he's willing to remind everyone that I'm still here and ready right. to do anything, and I'm a player. I'll do if it. He,
0: if he uh, was, put up um, defensiveness about it, like Eve Plummer... You know, some people like it doesn't work. So that's good. Was there somebody that was a pain in the ass? But you can't name names, obviously. But was is there? Like I remember when Snooki was on Fashion Police. I can't
1: name names. You can. You can totally
0: name names. But
1: um, we I remember Jamie Presley just was not good. She just couldn't live in the moment she's an actress right and I remember just like you know a lot and she's, she seems funny to me in her movies she's very funny you know what she's a great actress but the show takes a lot of trust that the universe is going to move this segment forward and right. you have to it's improv in some ways, so right and it doesn't look like you do it again yeah. or it looks, there's a very I love um, Jamie don't, please put it in there I love Jamie Presley but I thought you know here's an actress who wasn't ready to relax in the moment you know right um, I'm probably going to just get my ass kicked for that uh who else? I mean, you know that you know Brett Michaels showed up and he was three sheets to the wind or something. I don't know, right? And just gave line readings from a whole different show, right? And whatever. We had Marilyn Manson on once too, and just the energy was kind of surprising. Like, I mean, first of all, he was trying, he he was willing to try to be funny, but his willing to try to be funny was also a little, um, just it was crazy. You right. know, it was fun to watch, but I was like, what is happening? Did somebody drop something <laughs> in my? You know, Dr. Pepper. Right. Anyways, but, you know, for the most part, the, the charm of the show is that even when it's not good, we're like, oh, well, that was that next. Yeah, and there's a really scrappy kind of... Uh, no budget. <laughs>
0: aesthetic to it that's really fun. Yeah. Um, when somebody like Joe Mangianello comes on, Mangianello... Do more of the people... Like, when somebody really sexy comes on, are there more people lurking around? or more people coming in the office that day? Or mm. I remember when he was taping, there was all
1: kinds of buzz around. I don't... I don't you know what? Not that I... I mean, there might be a couple of Are people. there certain guests that come on
0: where, oh, suddenly there's a lot more people in the studio? Like, I remember when Ryan Lochte came on Fashion Police.
1: Yeah. Everybody at E... Wanted to meet him and, yeah. and wanted to I'm sure there are him. To be honest I kind of I mean I I don't notice or care About that stuff For the most part yeah. I just keep moving forward Because I'm Very active in the producing part And so I don't see all that stuff I'm like Here's what you're doing And then I go back to the booth And I just If bullshit's going on I'm just yelling at somebody Saying make the bullshit stop And let's move forward Right You
0: know There you go So when, you, when the episodes tape You're in the booth mm-hmm. And watching all the goings on And you're going to be Taping your final episode
1: this Thursday Thursday to air
0: on Friday what do you what can you tell us about what's in it
1: well you know it's so crazy that you're actually here today I brought my phone out here they have been sending me um well it's going to be a one hour hopefully love letter to the fans I mean I've been really pushing for us to try to just squeeze in a lot of montages of things that frankly I forgot about and um And a lot of guests that have been, like Patrick Warburton, people that have been our friends, Kate Flannery, who I love. Yeah. People who have been our friends, and Joe Manganiello, maybe, I think he might be coming on. All the people that were like, thank you for making us funnier and playing with us. Um, And then, we're going to count down what we say is our, the staffs, we voted on the top 11 clips. Um, It's so crazy how the whole staff voted, yet no one's happy. Because you know, no one realizes that everyone has their favorites. So that well, in this twelve years worth I of know. clips,
0: so but certain clips get played again and again, and they become sort of running yeah, of gags course. on your show.
1: But I think I'm gonna. I think people are gonna be surprised that a couple aren't in that top eleven. And I think one of the reasons for that is maybe one part of that clip is so remembered. One part of a sound up, and we're gonna put that in a montage. So I think this is more just overall clips. You know, like Chicken Tetrazzini, an all time yeah. classic, right? Um, that whole clip is great, you know for sure. But also, people from Chicken Tetrazzini. So, yes. a little sneak peek. That's not in our top eleven right. clips of all time, even though it is one of our top eleven clips of all time. I think Chicken Tetrazzini is going to pop up several times in the show, exactly. just as a phrase. So, because that's
0: how it lived mostly as yeah. a phrase.
1: So we're trying to trying to balance, you know, all the things that people expect to see with all the things that we love, and yeah. and, um, and trying to do it in like forty two minutes. Is really uh, an emotional roller coaster because we are creating these montages, which I was going to pull up here for you. Yes, let's um, bust some shit out. Let me see what I have. So, uh, first of all, I just want to give a shout out to the amazing staff on the soup. I mean, I mean, frankly, I don't do shit lately. I haven't for the last you know couple of years. They just got my back. They do everything, and you're all, whenever you know, I see you, you're always talking about how great they are. Well, I mean, uh, it's honestly, really great. I, I mean, have to find. I mean, I'm. Su- if anyone in this business knows anything, they know that it's best to hire people that are smarter and funnier than you and give them credit. Right. Because that will attract, you know, like attracts like. And, um,. And so I've, I, I absolutely give them credit. My one skill is recognizing talented people and right. milking them for all they're worth. Right. Like, that's <laughs> and that's a good skill per, have. promoting them as fast as possible to keep them on board before someone steals them and pays them a real salary. Right. Um, How many mugs have you had in your career at E? Because they have money, right? Oh, I like 20, right? Really? I have actually an old one from like the Greg Kinnear days, this giant soup with the old logo on it. I have a... a you know, I have a Pop of Culture, which is their most recent book. Yes. Logo. I also have a Joey Greco mug from uh, yeah. Cheaters that I... It's what's crazy is in the bottom of it is his fucking face. And so every time I get to the bottom of my coffee, it's Joey Greco just looking up at me. Joey Greco was from the show Cheaters? Yeah, he was like the guy who would run around with the camera and... Okay. and, and catch people. Yeah, allegedly catch people. Uh, All right. Um, were you around for any of the other hosts? I was working at E, you know, I've been at E like almost nineteen, twenty years, and I, right. I started on True Hollywood Story, and Celebrity Profile, and just a lot of, you know, Revealed with Jules Asner. Right. Um, a lot of that stuff, where I did the interviews, and, you know, uh, and then they, that was going on during that time, and Greg Kinnear, I got there just as Greg Kinnear was finishing up, I think, and then John Henson was there, and Aisha, or House Sparks, and Aisha Tyler, but you didn't work with them on this on, no, the, on no, Talk no. Soup. Frankly, I just wasn't interested in Talk Soup um, because it was it, so specific. How did you come to be involved, and how did it become the Soup? It was sort of a rebranding, yeah, shift. Well, you know, there had been a, there was a new president, right, um, and she canceled Aisha tyler's version of the soup and who i love i should only done it for like one year right um but also talk shows as a big phenomenon when there was jenny jones and you know sally jesse Raphael, and there were so many more talk shows that you could build a whole half hour and have fun with it but then as those kind of fell by the wayside there was less reason for talk soup to stick around and it got canceled and uh meantime i had actually uh Created the show called "Celebrities Uncensored," right? Uh, which was like TMZ before TMZ. It was all that paparazzi footage, and right. I had accidentally stumbled upon making that show because I had done a celebrity, I had done a celebrity profile um, on Leonardo DiCaprio, and because he wouldn't be interviewed, you'd go to the paparazzi guys and you'd ask them for any on-the-street footage to flush right. out the footage. And I went to this guy named DL e. Woody, and and he had a whole, he was in the, one of the top paparazzi guys, and he, and he was had a lot of video footage of. Pam Anderson getting in fights with the paparazzi and all that crazy stuff that you know from like before we are used to seeing it before you and so he's like you should make a show of this and I brought that in and and handed it to Jeff Shore and then like two two months later as I was uh, just about to leave for the first time he's like Edward we cut a show together from that footage you brought didn't tell me Cut together a show But we can't figure out How to write it Would you come in And look at it And give us your take And then So I wrote the script for it And that So they made So that was my So I kind of created This show by mistake Right And I did Had done that for two years Writing it I hour. love them saying Hey we made a show Of what you brought us Don't Yeah Don't get me started Because I was super Fucking pissed <laughs>
0: I would be furious But you know
1: I was a young Green Ugh. Grateful producer No to, to I get it work. I would have been like Oh really
0: that's cool Ab- How can I help Absolutely you want to Here absolutely. here's my butthole Why don't you uh, Absol- Take that cheater's
1: mug and shove it right up there yeah no i you know again you know, don't ha- have been that guy i to be i keep always say i'm super grateful to ever have a job in this town because as you know i came from a trailer park at a gravel pit in fairbanks alaska and so i always am super grateful for you know anything that comes my way and so just to th- i just felt flattered that i had an idea that was worth ripping right. off that was my take on it right. but i was mad that they had done it without asking me and not say instead of saying, oh, my God, thank you, Ed. Great idea. Let's work on this. They thought they didn't need to do, take that step, which was, you know, that was the first step in my bitter... You know, descent right. into the true Hollywood. So I, I said, I'll, okay, I'll write that fucking show and not get angry at you if you make me executive producer. So I made the leap immediately from producer to executive producer because I had them by the balls. I, but you played that card. Yeah, I'd yes. say, I did. I would have probably been too afraid to play that card. First, I wrote and the I, script. I wrote the script that was really good. <laughs> no, no. I wrote a script that was amazing. So I, then I, you had that. And then they chip. go, this is great. And like, That's great. Now, I'm not going to fucking sue you. And I'm not going to co- ma- yeah. make it a big deal. If you make me executive producer and I'll give you this every week. And they didn't even flinch. They gave me like $100 or $200 more a week. That was a win for me. The title and $200 more a week. For a show that ran for like three seasons. That's how naive and what a doormat I can be. Well,
0: my (laughs) journey in the last few years is is learning how to stand up for myself. Absolutely. Because my first instinct is always to acquiesce. My first instinct is always to
1: take care of them before I take That's care of them. That's not myself. a bad instinct by the way though, to have that but instinct. But I do it to
0: a fault. No. And and the resentment that yes. I have yeah. stays in me and, and and
1: and doesn't serve me. It makes me sick. I actually. know. I feel I absolutely feel you. So I there's mean, I have that same thing. But I have learned to slowly speak my truth or whatever. Yeah. You don't have to yell and scream. Once you start delivering it's hard to, to demand something if, you, if they don't see the value right, in it immediately. So it's finding that moment where you start to speak up, where you get the opportunity to show them that they need you. And then you start to slowly let them know that you recognize you're giving them something and we're going to have to come to a mutual agreement right. that we're both happy because everything will be great if you do. Right. And it's, it's, it's that not having that conflict. You're not turning it into a, a black and white conflict, and promising them greatness instead of yeah. "I will be your
0: worst fucking nightmare." Yeah, not yeah. Because
1: nobody wants to work with a, with a problem in this town, which yeah. I've learned, I've seen time and time again. You got to be really careful not to make when you take your stand to not, not to be too big and too bold that it overclouds your your yeah. talent and your ability to deliver great products So.
0: On a sort of related note, I was reading the New Yorker piece on Jill Soloway, the transparent oh, yeah, creator. I'm yeah. a big fan of that show, and I always like to read about people's journeys. And apparently, there was a period of time where she had nothing going on. Like, I think she'd gotten let go from the United States of terror, uh, terror and all this stuff. And, and Jane Lynch, who she'd known from her Chicago days, got her an interview at Glee for, um, to be a writer. She went in, interviewed. Her agent called. They love you there, and she's like, "Okay, this is going to be my thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back on track. I'm gonna work it Glee. And her agent called her back and said, "Ryan Murphy heard you were difficult. Oh, uh, and wow! And pulling the offer." Ryan Murphy heard she was. <laughs> I
1: know. <laughs> I just find that so.
0: Nobody ever tells those stories in the media that like no. how things like that go. But it's, what a, it's a
1: rumor. Frankly, a, a, a rumor. A, of an, in, an incident can turn into an yes. anecdote, can turn into a rumor, can turn into the truth, can turn into your yeah. sort of brand, and, and then whatever. you have to plant a new seed somewhere yeah. and grow a new plant that shows your. Ability to flower Just oh, like that. this tree uh, Just like this tree <laughs> uh, Now, now did I did that. Okay you me. did
0: that Celebrities
1: Uncensored show Oh so How that, did it lead to the suit That super fucking burned me out Because I don't know if you remember that show It, it was, was very controversial It was an hour of te- yeah, On E yeah. And it was all crazy Paparazzi footage The footage was good It was Pam Anderson And Tommy Lee High on drinking or whatever and punching the paparazzi and there were a lot of fights and the footage was fucking good and there was only like remember Hard Copy? Yeah. Hard Copy would buy a little bit of the footage from Woody and sometimes E.T. would use a little bit but they wanted to be celebrity friendly. So he had so much but there was so much footage of Charlie Sheen out in Hollywood and just a lot of celebrities drunk and doing things that were um, you know, amazing that you don't see on TV. You didn't see on TV. Right. It was it was up their business, and Woody was he loved to find. Did you only use Woody, or did you use well, other people too? for the first couple seasons? We only used Woody, and it was an hour, and, and basically it was just nonstop. Like, hey, we're out in Hollywood tonight. Wonder who who is that? Is that uh, you know Jim Carrey? Jim Carrey, were you doing that pretty blonde? Thought you were married. Ooh, she doesn't have a ring on her finger. Some illicit activity going on. Better put on a mask. You know, like doing puns and stupid yeah. stuff like whatever. We were just literally making up an hour TV every week, and but it kind of became it brought out. What people liked was the salaciousness of it. And I was trying to make it slightly humorous to take but away. But also, he
0: has to stay celebrity-friendly, too, because they have all these other shows. But
1: we did a special, and the special, the first one, went through the roof. It just suddenly was like a shot of, you know, heroin for the ratings. Right. It was huge. No, it was caught us by surprise, frankly, right. even me. And I was like, oh, I, you know, I can't believe that I'm part of this. Right. And so suddenly people loved me and were paying attention to me. And they went, we need another one next You're week. You are a hit maker. We need another hour next week. It was like... We, it aired yesterday. We love it. We need another hour next week. So I had to write an hour of bullshit. And it's all copy with video. So suddenly I was on this, you know, having to do an hour of that every week. Come up with stupid bullshit to make fun of the footage. And we started just, you know, we ran out. We started running out of footage. And I started doing shit like... I remember we had... Um, we started taking letters to the editor, and we, I, we shot video of a cat typing on a keyboard, and we pretended that the cat was, was uh, you know, our letter, our answer or whatever, and he'd be like, hey, hey, kitty, what happened to that footage of Laura DiCaprio? Do you have any more footage of that? And then the cat would answer back, and we'd show the footage again. We, we just started making up bullshit to reuse the footage to keep the program going, and it started to really wear me out, and... And also, you know, if Charlie Sheen wants to be drunk, can't somebody get drunk once in their life and not have the entire world that we drag them down? It started, right. I started to feel it started bad. It gross. It felt gross, you know, and, and but the E wanted more and more and more. And yeah, it was really kind of, uh, it started to wear me. In, fr- in fact, I'll tell you, this is a very confessional moment. Our, the footage and the people that were on it were getting to be less and less well known. And... I remember one of the uh, people that we we saw was remember jonathan Brandis who had been on sequest dsv he was this cute kid and i remember he we had footage of him like out you know acting maybe he'd been drinking or something or maybe he was just even walking i don't even remember um and we wrote this footage because we just needed any footage we we're like hey jonathan Brandis, uh you know what's where have you been? It looks like your career took a Sequest DSV or something, you know, right. some pun about, you know, what are you doing out at four in the morning, you know, uh, not, not, not being in the public eye anymore and not being popular. And I just, we really kind of like tore down somebody when they were down and, you know, he killed himself like four or six months later or something. And that always sticks with me. That stuck with me. I was wow. like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Right. Whether I contributed or we contributed, you know, we kicked somebody when they were down and, and, and kind of. What the fuck Just because we had
0: time to fill there was Because no we had time reason. to fill
1: Who the fuck are we to point out That Jonathan Brandeth is You know swinging around a light pole At three in the morning And he's a loser now for that What? Right. The, how did all that happen And we can make a pun about You know Sequest DSV Taking torpe- Torpedoing his career Or whatever you know Fuck me you know, that's how that feels. Yeah. I felt terrible. I, that was the moment. But right. I was like, no, I'm, I'm out I am out do this anymore. And, and also, I don't want to work for this place that, that wants to put that on the air. Right. And so I said, I'm moving on. And um, that's a long story, but. It's a good story. What was happening along the way, though, was they were in the process of getting rid of that management there also, unbeknownst to me. Right. And uh, Ted Harbert. Uh, was taking over. And Ted right. Harvard is a genius going back to ABC and right. and uh, he's just first of all super nice guy super smart um, you know he knows a good idea when he sees it he, he recognizes a germ of a good idea and instead of canceling it because it's not what it needs to be he gives it time to grow right. and helps you figure it out. And um, they showed me some foot uh, um, Jay James showed me some footage of uh, about some people they were trying to bring it wasn't going to be The Soup it was going to be called um, it was going to be an awards show, a pop culture awards show. Like right. it was called the What the Awards. Right. And he had his eye on Joel McHale. I think there's a couple other people too, but Joel was the, his audition type of one. And I, he showed it to me. and he Goes, Hey, would you be interested in sticking around? We already have an EP, but you could be the co-EP. And and I, Joel was was great. I was like, Oh my god, that guy's hilarious, and he pops, and he's uh, good looking, obviously. Right. And um, so I said, "Yeah, I'll stick around for that." I didn't have another job; I was just going to leave, you know. Right. And so we stuck around. We and we put together with a bunch of people who had worked at E before um, the What the Awards, and it was kind of like, hey, this week's you know this week's nominees for you know you know most salacious reality soundbite go to Tequila Tequila for this or this you know." And then we'd show a clip, and it was the, the award thing was cumbersome and not very good and we weren't very good and it was clunky and and I wasn't really in charge so I was kind of just doing what everyone wanted us to do but um, at about episode 6 I think Ted Harbert said you know no one, the what the award is not registering, it's not breaking through and the awards format but, but Joel's funny and the clips are funny and your jokes are funny why don't we keep all the stuff that's working and get rid of the stuff that's not working and so he said let's just Resurrect the soup. I think it was Ted Harper that came up with that, and that suddenly gave us a purpose. Like the soup. Oh yeah, it's everything. We're gonna we're just gonna throw it all in all the ingredients in there right. to, to make the pun work.
0: Yeah, but it's a catch all. Yeah, great. it's great. And then crazy. and then we won't
1: have to have this format. And we're just right. gonna do the most interesting stuff first and make the jokes about it and 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 be fearless. We're they're gonna cancel us, right. so we have nothing to lose. And um, and so we started i mean at first it was slow going because uh we had a rotating we had some head writers that came and went right as as um and there was a lot of you know everyone on the staff wasn't gelled and didn't feel like a unit there were there were people at the top of that hierarchy that um maybe didn't have much experience in this neither did i frankly um but I was smart enough to know that we had funny people working on there, and it was they were the ones that were going to make the show. And I'll never forget um, the person that was in charge at the time. We were working so hard. I'd sleep under my desk sometimes. We used mm. to edit these clips on VHS to VHS to bring to a clip meeting. So we would record our shows on a VHS and then uh, take that VHS and lay off the clips that we'd like VCR to VCR and then bring that reel to a meeting. That we had to do all that work in addition to watching the shows. So it was a lot of freaking. I remember
0: work. when I first started watching those shows, I had this feeling that the host watched everything. I kind of bought that illusion. Well,
1: Joel definitely bought more of it. I mean, yeah. watched more of it than he had more time to. Right. But um, I sort of bought the whole conceit that this person had just found all of these clips. So you would have to do it old school, a VHS. And to VHS. Every, everyone was working super hard, and people I loved and knew how hard they were working. And uh, this person, I will never forget, uh, we had this one guy named Aaron who was who was just a super hard-working associate and he'd stayed up all it was like the day of the show and you know everything was like kind of never not quite working always but occasionally something would pop and he I came in like at nine in the morning on show day or something and he goes oh come here to the booth I want to show you I want to show you something. I, I stayed here last night after hours, and I re-edited this, and I, I think I made it better. And, and he was always the type of person who was always, like, almost overly working something because he wanted to please so much. Right. So he was in the, he was in, we were in the tape room, and he was showing it to me, and this person walked in who was kind of in charge at the time, and it's like, what's going on in here? And I was like, oh, Erin Aaron, Aaron, um, just re-edited this thing and maybe tried to make it better, tried to save she it. Goes, she goes, who told you to stay here all night doing that? Why are you wasting our time? To-? And I turned to her, and I was like, are you getting angry at him for staying here all night trying to make your fucking show better? You know, this is fucking ridiculous. I'm right. out of here. And I stormed out of the control room and out of the studio, and I quit. I said, fuck this. What year would this have been? This, would, this was the very first... It was right at the very, you know, yeah. end of the first season. The soup it. hadn't even come to a boil yet. It was okay. Well, snow. no, we, we weren't any good. We sucked. Yeah. Because yeah. it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't gelling. And we didn't have... We just didn't have... Um, we weren't all swimming in the same direction, right. frankly. And then, um, oh, we'd just gotten K.P. Anderson, who w- had been hired as the latest head writer. Right. You know, he had just, and I actually liked him very much. I mean, he was very funny, and we kind of had the same sensibility of, like, like, these people are working hard. We're going to figure this out. And so I'll, he and I kind of clicked that way. Like, I recognized that he had a funny sensibility, and also that nothing is perfect every week, and we'll get, you know, we're going to keep throwing shit up. But I was so angry that I, that that that, she, that, that so I stormed out. And I guess what happened. This is, you know, one of the most touching moments of my life. Is the entire staff and KP and Joel. Wait, hold on, because this is really good, and we have a plane flying over our head. <laughs> no, maybe this is a sign that I shouldn't be revealing. No, I love it.
0: <laughs> this very, very dark personal moment from the history of the show. No, I love it. So you, you, you stormed out. You said this is bullshit. Yeah,
1: because I was just again. It was like we was like swimming upstream, and it just right. wasn't working. This, this. Everyone being scared and everyone, you know, and also we also had the network breathing down our neck right. to make changes. And it was, everyone's rather than doing our time. own thing and having a vision, we were trying to, you know, it was a committee, comedy by committee, and it wasn't working. And I, so I quit and I was, I was done. I just didn't think, I did, had no thought that that was, I was like, oh my God, thank God that's over. And, and Joel and KP and the staff went to Jay James and said, you need to make Ed the executive producer. And, get the problem he's got our back he's like he gets it and he's going to help us make this better and um so i got a call from jay and he's like edward we got rid of him we want to make you the ep and i you know frankly just one of those moments in my life where i'm like oh you like me you really like me i have something to offer you know that's that's my personality i couldn't right. i didn't even think that And, um, so I'm always super grateful to, uh, I always have the staffs back because of that. Right. And it's, it really, it is, again, I just recognize their talent and what's funny, I have that gift, but you know, it's not like I'm necessarily creating that shit, you know, it's, they're they're doing it. How many days till you got the call or was it right away? Oh, it was like the next, probably been the same day. Right. I or probably the next day. And, um. And so then we all kind of felt like we had rallied behind something, yeah. and I was, of course, then I was so grateful and green to, and but KP was new there, so KP and I were kind of like we're in this together. Let's figure what's working, that's not working, and I and 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 Joel, you know, started to say "fuck you" to the network because that was that always works usually with comedy, as you right. say "fuck you" to the network, and suddenly the world is on your side, and um, yeah, and so things kind of took off from there. And then you know, I like get one for me, I. I don't mind throwing a hundred things against the wall as long as a few of them stick and then we right. get rid of the bad ones and we keep the good ones and we just slowly kept every week and be, I'd be like why don't we bring out the talk shows are good and people like that let's call it chat stew you know right. and, and let's make puns on this and let's who is the girl that says so meaty that's Kelly Kelly uh, Her, I say Kelly Andrews it's Kelly Levy now Yeah, but she was like a PA or an AP on the show at the time she wanted to be a writer and she also did a, like comedy she was in sketches and very talented right. and um I mean, we used everyone on the staff. We had no money, and so again, we would just what whatever would make us laugh. A lot of that shit happened at midnight. You know, us trying to make up shit, and she and she one time said, "Oh, that's so meaty," and we were like, "Yes, that." And I'll be honest and say that um, she said it that the way she said it is so perfect that one time. And for some I'm reason, trying the, to get it back to that, the, the network wanted us to re-record it again on a separate had a separate uh, facility for it to be a contract or something and uh and we took her to that booth and it it took forever for her to get that exact read because it just just had been in the moment and been a certain way and it was just trying to recapture it was a lot of work
0: yeah but it worked it paid off yeah absolutely it paid off how do you think you're gonna feel on thursday night are you kind of are you like oh this will all hit me later or are you, you
1: have too much work to do to really process it I don't know. I'm really, you know, I, I I was pulling up these montages I was going to tell you about. Them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll take a look at them. You I know, love at, that. I'm definitely going to feel some melancholy and some sad. So I don't think I appreciated the impact of a lot of the stuff that we've did over the years had on people because I don't really revel in that. You know, I just enjoy doing the work. And I know stuff is that I, I never just, you know, Chicken Tetrazzini is everywhere. Right. And it's it's going back and looking at all these clips and the million. That's one of like a hundred things that really hit. And I, I had forgotten a lot of it, you know, because every week your mind's filled with a lot of new pop, pop culture bullshit. And you kind of have to, you know, bury it.
0: Yeah, you can't for, keep room for everything.
1: You, you can't keep room for everything. And so, um, yeah, so I, I, I think I'm going to finally allow my emotions to show. Because I'm usually pretty, you know, I'm not known for being super. Uh, emotional about things like that, and I'm super proud. Of, I mean, I'm the luckiest, the luckiest boy in the world no. to have had this job and worked with those people. And uh, yeah, I think I, I think I probably will be sad, and, I, and hopefully, don't get too drunk because the next night I'm supposed to leave. Uh, on my vacation for two weeks to Costa Rica, and I'm looking forward to that.
0: That's going to be amazing. Was there a moment when you know you talked about getting the, the you know KP coming together, you getting promoted? Was there a moment where you felt like, oh, it's really gelling, we're popping in the in the media, or mm-hmm. oh, this is working? Billboards? Well, Was there a, a sign
1: where you're like, I'll tell you we're how on our way now. Here's how my how hard we, I, us, and how devious and how clever we had to be. Um... We weren't getting a lot of support for online. The network was behind on how the internets were working. Yes. Um, and so I was, and they, we, I wanted to put our videos online so people could share them. And they wanted, we, they wanted all these official channels for you. They want, you know, it was so hard to get a corporate thing going. And so I, we just created our own. I, we, I said, "Fuck it, don't even ask them. Create your own YouTube page." We started putting our videos up. And then I remember there was a, a website called Television Without Pity. I remember that. And um, that somebody had created. Uh, a what um, said what the awards for like the entire time slash the sue. I wish they'd gotten rid of the what the awards, but right. um, I was reading those comments and it was like, oh my god, the show is fucking painful. Someone shoot Joel McHale. What is this bullshit? You know, it was so we weren't the, the what the awards weren't very good, um, but I knew that we were getting better. But the comments, no one was seeing that, so I registered uh, under the name. Um, I tried to think of something that would fit the age group. And, and the people
0: that would comment on television yeah, without yeah. pity, and so
1: I and that, so it was like a pop. So concert. devious. So I put half pint seventy four, which was <laughs> which, which you would know is from Little House on the Prairie. Yes. So people might know that, and seventy four <laughs> might be the year that I was born. Right. So that would have made me like twenty five to thirty or something at the time. Perfect. Very I, smart. Very smart. And I started going in. I did that
0: online dating sites. Oh really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your name?
0: Uh, half pint eighty. <laughs>
1: no, I don't know. Uh, um. But uh, so I would go on television because to me those comments were seemed like they were by the early version of smart. Yeah, you know those people weren't idiots. They were kind of fans. They're like TV. They're people. Yeah, that, yeah. So this is these are people whose opinion mattered to me, and so I would go in and I'd be like. Yeah, you know what? They're still finding their voice, but I really loved it this week when Joel dressed up as the Swan. That was hilarious. And then, like two weeks later, I'd be like, you know, this show was pretty damn funny this week. You know, still lame at the blah blah, but I really loved the moment when they said, you know, "Flavor of Love" was blah 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 blah. And people started, yeah, I agree. They'd be like, yeah, you know what? That was pretty funny. So, like, I was pointing out things that I thought, and they were working. The little, I was just making sure people like, look, there's good stuff here too, and after i did that for about a year and Frankly, within... Half-Pine 76? 74. 74. Half-Pine 74 was yeah. very prolific. Absolutely. and big I was, Big watcher, very loyal. Yeah. I also was a little devious of things that I, internally that I'd have fights with people on the staff that I didn't like. I'd be like, but again, that graphic did not work.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know why they went to the lower third at
0: about, <laughs> at about four minutes and ten seconds. It didn't make any sense, yeah. and it really distracted from the bit.
1: Actually, KP busted me a couple times, but he, he was like... You? You're half by 74, seventy four, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> that's really genius. But I'll tell you what, it worked. I mean, because yeah. that's—I mean, like I said, I'm a hustler yes, and survivor. You have, do. you have to do what you have to do. You have to. Do. And I'm smart enough to know that that we need those people to like us. And if people like us, they'll talk about it and share with their friends. And I'd be like, oh my god, I just discovered they have a new YouTube page with videos. You got to see this shit. Here's a link. Well, you
0: know? it's so the internet is all about sharing the crazy thing that you
1: missed and yeah. that's what your show is yeah. so they, they they needed to be in harmony well the thing was that early we we were there before the internet kind yeah. of you yes, know you before totally we flo- and that's why we probably took off like we did because um, we were we were the place to go to see the thing that the people were talking thing. about and we, yeah. we had a we watched, like I said, I wrote the line. Um, Here's the host who watches it all for you, yeah. even though that wasn't fucking true. We watched it all for I, him. <laughs> I believed it. Yeah. Is
0: there a clip that you've seen a million times and it makes you laugh every time you watch it, no matter what? Well, there are certain things like that in my life that I know that if I watch it, I'm going to laugh.
1: Well, there is a there's this. Um, this clip is in our top 11. I'll just share it with you. I just, I just. I don't know why this is so sublime to me, but there's a, this uh, clip from the hills and Audrina is having, like, coffee on a quiet little patio somewhere with Lowe or somebody, right? Right. And Lowe's all going on, like, I don't know why they were talking about this on the hills, but they're like, have you heard about the problems they're having with the Hadron Collider, the, the telescope or whatever? They're yeah. really having, I guess, the I guess it's exploded and, and a lot of people have died or whatever. And and, and you know, Audrina's just going, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. And then Lo's really giving you details about this horrific event. And then Audrina pauses and says, yeah, isn't it crazy how all this is happening while Lauren's out of town? And I just didn't even... I don't even know what that means, but that was so perfect. Well, it's just
0: that Lauren is the center of the universe. Yeah, I guess, and <laughs> she's certainly and the Audrina, center of their Aud- universe.
1: Audrina couldn't identify with the people dying, or the scientific no. breakthrough, or the problems that we're no. having. She just was like, "Wow, Lauren left town, and the hadron collider imploded." You know, whatever. It rocked her oh, sense God. of just, just how the world which is just a sublime. It's not, it's not even a punchline. Yeah. fighting it's just encapsulated that show and the v- vapid, vapid vapidity. How of vapid. Course. It was. What we were covering was. Did you guys notice in your clip searching
0: a shift when reality shows started to become really contrived?
1: Yeah. Really like, oh, yeah. it's so phony now. Yeah.
0: Did would it become frustrating for you because yeah. you could see through the bullshit?
1: It also, it was, um, you know, we. it was great when there was all those Flavor of Love shows and everything right. because they were throwing so much crap an alcohol yeah. uh, into their situation, that something unrehearsed would always happen in those shows. Right. Even though that the setups were super thrown together when you mix alcohol and some crazy ratchet bitches there's right shit's going to go down that's right. fun to watch like the first season like the bad girls club was amazing with tini that for, with tanisha I, I don't know whatever but it that all, sounds right yeah it was like very fresh and like yeah. you're like holy crap this is some craziness but then as the years went on they, people started wanting to recreate those moments that were so good in the first second and third seasons and they started to realize what was getting on the soup frankly people would talk about making a soup moment and we started picking up on that, and we'd especially do a fuck you when, you know, we would stop covering shit when they became self-aware. Right. And, unfortunately, I think that also started to narrow um, what we would cover, and we started going to a lot more small-time shows on, uh, you know, on... TLC and... Yeah, whatever. Like knitting Corner. And- yeah. And even public access stuff, yeah. you know, like Homekeepers with Arlene Rippey or, or... Of course. I don't, well, you, uh, you
0: know, it's a, it's a huge compliment that they want to make a soup moment, and yet the, their mir- their mere acknowledgement of that makes it not a soup moment.
1: Yeah, and so we would over the years as we've we've were in the clip meetings, we just start getting really cynical and almost boo like people would bring the stuff in still, but we'd start booing and hissing yeah. and go and we'd, go, we'd be like, "Fuck that!" Right? You know, like ugh, no, we're not going to give them that. But it was, at the same time, it's also a little bit of a bummer because it was we didn't have as much material as we used to and it was so contrived and you know there's a lot of reality shows now that literally do the crazy editing they're adding special effects and cartooning it up and and then you know that's manufactured bad girls club cannot have a reunion where you actually just see somebody hit somebody yeah they got to add the rock and roll music the sound effects the quick cutting and they never even show the punch in the face anymore right it's just all about this manufactured chaos to tell you that something's happening and I don't want to see a montage of somebody getting hit in the face. I want to see them hit in the face. Yeah, have you have all the Kardashians
0: done your show? Mm.
1: I think we had like the three sisters on and maybe Chris one time early on. But right. um, but I mean, they, they, frankly, they they don't need us.
0: They don't need you. Yeah. Could you guys cover them? Because I know on Fashion Police there were times where they're like. You know, we kind of got the word. Maybe yeah. not.
1: Yeah. Well, um, when does this podcast air? It's gonna. I want it to air before the show. All right. Well, up. we'll see where this goes. Hopefully, the executives at E! aren't listening. We <laughs> used to all. Joel used to always introduce the Kardashian or Kim Kardashian as... Kim Kardashian, who's famous for having a big ass and a sex tape... Yeah. He would say that every single time he yeah. introduced her, no matter what the story was. And, and that it, even if it wasn't in the script... It didn't... Uh, he, he would insist he, on it. Yeah. Themes. And um, it was funny because we kept... Because Joel wanted to remind people that she's not a reality star. She yeah. got famous because she has yes. a big ass and a sex hit. And she, that's Joel's POV for sure. Yeah. Let's cut to the, bullsh- cut the yeah. bullshit and get to the real reason here. And That's we, amazing they let him get away with well, that. Well, early though. on, because our show was still so popular, and the Kardashians were popular, but they didn't have the power they have now. Right. But actually, after about two or three years of that... Um, They made us stop saying that finally. They finally got away with that. Yeah. But we still were a lot we got away with a lot hitting them. But I'll tell you for the finale. Um yeah, I wanna we keep bringing up the montage thing when I I get to talking about something else. That's okay. Well they sent me they sent me um they sent (laughs) That's Lou. (laughs) They sent me uh, these dailies all weekend, so I'm actually Working while I'm at home here, but I think actually on this there's actually a little montage. Hello. A little I'm montage. Oh, oh. This is this is all the stuff that Joel's appeared in. It's like two minutes. But what's interesting oh, God, is there's a right the big down ass and a sex tape stuff in of it. All right, here's the money, man. It's all here, and it's better be the strong. Shit. Oh my God, it's so Eminem. It <laughs> Shit to nobody about this neither.
0: You guys have Eminem on? on? Yeah, a lot of great people. Does Tony! No! Cannot read teleprompter? <laughs> Ow. You guys Ow. had a lot of fun with David Caruso. Oh, so oh yeah.
1: I am in fact, I wonder where that is in this uh, aroused
0: George brothers. Takei. you think I'm gay? That's right. Group hug. Of... No. What a bitch. You say the word Lauren. <laughs> And I will cut her. Odin's beard did that thing skyrocket. Just help out on another superhero client. <laughs> this is to make a call, the I understand human emotions, although I do not feel them myself.
1: I promise this he allows me 30. to be efficient. All right. I can watch 70 straight hours of Duck duck. Is dentist. that Joel? Yeah. He looks different. He is a fun. chameleon. You really? I'm in mean this one. Here, right.
0: sexual conduct. I sure do. Yeah! 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 Energizer, no, energizer, I'm energizer, in get it. It. All I'm really looking for is booty. Yeah. I can't stop thinking about you. Utter one more syllable and I'll have you killed. I'm already dead inside without you, darling. Sir, we found something. It's feces. Excellent. Benito, how are you going to serve the Prince of Darkness when you can't even fillet a f out of it? F*** off, f*** off, f*** off. Yeah!
1: Woo! This might take a while. Oh
0: my god, a parody. oh my god.
1: These Look, so many things. What the hell? Big, big will give you a nice give you a nice little oh! cutaway to it. Yes, back.
0: I like that.
1: I'm to wipe like that shit yes. grin off your face. Oh. Zombie don't care.
0: <laughs> Eighth generation robotic clip show host. Handsome, funny, handsome, good-looking.
1: Uh, that was the oh, Joel montage. Brought
0: back memories. I, I can't know. wait to watch
1: it. Uh, hold on, I'm going to give you the uh, Kardashian one because that was the wrong one. That's okay.
0: Because uh. I'm not editing these. I'm just, I just post. Oh, oh, so, so it's all good though. It gives a <laughs> flavor. It gives us flavor. Uh, do you want to, do you want to see the swipe CD? D? Yeah, we'll no. watch it after. All right. Um, what, what was there a place that you found yourself because of the soup? You know, you've shot on locations, and you're ever like, I can't believe I'm here doing this. Well, we with were at these the, we were at
1: the Super Bowl this year. Holy shit! Yeah, well, we were actually from a dirt lot in a parking lot across from the Super Bowl. But, but that's pretty
0: close. That's pretty
1: close. We were at NASCAR earlier this year too. Yeah. Um, you know, very early on, um, the New York Times did a story on the soup, like when we just started to pop, right? Like in the maybe our second or third season and they took a picture of Joel holding Lou who had a Clay Aiken wig on Right and that was like on the front page of the uh, arts and leisure section of the New York Times it was a big huge article Amazing and I just I, I still I mean that's you're my okay. dog. I mean, mostly my dog. Yes. I, could, I couldn't believe that. I thought more about my dog than the fact the show was on there. I know. It's like, Lou made the New York Times. <laughs> I know, right?
0: He can fuck anyone he wants now. I'm a
1: total, like... You Did know. you frame it and hang it? Mm-hmm. You should
0: have. Good.
1: It's in my office. Um, All right.
0: You picked some questions from the observation deck. Yes. Tell us about the first time you saw a dirty magazine.
1: Oh, wow. Are you... You, you, you picked well, that. I'm that? Started. <laughs> You picked it. I have nothing... That was in the pile. Okay, well, yeah. I'll, I will share that it was in Fairbanks, Alaska. Okay. I used to... Um, I used to deliver newspapers, right. and I had a big paper back, paper pouch. Through any kind of weather. Oh, it was freezing. It was, right. And so there would be paper pouch in front and paper pouch in back. Right. And I remember him having, a, well, I'd go into Box Boy to warm up. Right. You know, in the middle of my route. Holy maybe, shit. Maybe get, get... How old are you, 10? 11, maybe. Okay. 10, 11. And I remember they had magazines out there, and they had Hustler. Remember Hustler magazine? Hustler was the one where the girls would pull the lips right. out. Well, I'll never forget, well, I'll never forget <laughs> that they had this... On the cover, it said, scratch and sniff oh. vagina inside. First, snap, scratch and sniff centerfold. Oh, and my God. And I thought, God. so I kind of, I think I probably took People magazine and like slid it. Of course, it, I've done that before and got slid caught. Slid it over the Hustler. Oh, yeah. And then I, I brought it close to me and, and loosened uh, and leaned over so my papers would kind of like yeah. spread out. And then I dropped the Hustler magazine into you between the paper. It. I stole it. And then I took it home and I saw the scratch. I scratched and sniffed the, the, yeah. the, the vagina. And what did um, it smell like? Um, you know what? I don't... I. I'll tell you what. I've smelled that smell since. Right. But not on a woman. Right, they it's it's like it's like some it's like Glade soft soft metal. It's like Glade soft wow. And so that what, whatever they did, it's like they, Febreze. whatever it was like Febreze. and they wouldn't bought that flavor or smell from from Dow That's Chemicals, and they amazing. put it amazing. So that every now is it just
0: one vagina in the in the magazine? Yeah, just a centerfold. Just yeah, one. There's like okay. a bad sticker place. Okay,
1: so even to this day, sometimes I'll be going through like 99 cent only store. You'll smell and it. I'll go through like the cleansing aisle, and something will have scratch a vagina <laughs> smell to me. And I will hop it. That is amazing. But it takes me back to what 1978. Was it,
0: growing up in Alaska, was there a moment, was there a thing that, that said to you, you're going to want to work in entertainment? Were you, like, TV kid? Were you like, yeah, you what know. What was it that about growing up there that was, your, like, your escape that made you think you might end up in this world?
1: Well, I'm, I mentioned earlier that I really am from a very small town of Fairbanks, right. and we were super poor, and we, I, a dysfunctional family, to say the least. And so... You know, I spent a lot of time... And I was gay. And right. you I didn't even know I was gay. I was just something was wrong with me in my right. mind. You know, I'm weird. And so I spent a lot of time alone watching a lot of television and, and doing skits and sketches for my mom to make her laugh, you right. know, because uh, she loved it when I would put on her nightgowns or dresses and put my hair. We loved Sonny and Cher and, um, of course, Carol Burnett. Right. And, um... I'm, one thing I used to always do because I love this song because I'm gay. Is remember Vicki Lawrence did the night the lights went out in Georgia and that song. Everyone in
0: that song is named Andy. I know. If and you know, know how four Saf- people
1: named Andy got a gun. <laughs> what?
0: Wait, wait, I'm confused about. Where is Andy? It has song? everything though, right? Yeah. it has drama. Nobody and, writes songs where people die and get shot anymore. <laughs> in the '70s, we had a
1: bunch. So I would perform for my mom and stuff. And so for me, like Kel Burnett show and Sunny and Sharon and Shields and Yarnell. Of course. Oh my god, I would do. The, so I would try to recreate those routines my mom to make her laugh. And so I, that's probably where I enjoy enjoyed making my mom laugh, you know? That's awesome. That she would laugh at me. And that, at least that was, I mean, it was bringing joy to somebody. And that's why I like to work in places where people laugh and yeah. want to make each other laugh. Because that's very joyful for me. And so uh, that's, where, that's where that comes from, yeah. I loved it. Okay. What was your lowest point professionally? You picked it. Oh, I guess it, when I pulled that card, I was thinking about, like, the two weeks I worked at um, Toys R Us. pulling toys for angry shoppers during the holidays at one of the and i would have to these crazy people would come and just be angry at you that the toy they wanted wasn't available at toys r us or make you go to the back room and the back room at toys r us is a clusterfuck <laughs> of boxes piled high with people who were you know probably drunk on the midnight shift piling stuff up and you can't find it and it was just right. I, after 10 days i was like i'm you're done i'm done you're yeah. done what was the hot toy at the time. Oh, uh, remember the Pixel Vision camcorder? I actually wanted that damn thing. Yeah. It was like $200 and do grainy black and white. And today they're collector's items. There's been entire uh, short films. I think maybe even a movie shot. I remember Pixel Vision 2000. Yeah. and You'd use a cassette tape to... Video. Okay. Yeah, that, everyone wanted that. If we don't have that fucking thing, just get off my back. All right. If there was a doll of you that talked, what would it say when you pulled the I string? did not choose that one on purpose. But, oh, you did? Um, did, but, I, did I mess up? No, no, no. I probably okay. was just not paying attention. Okay. Um... I used to have a lot of talking dolls, by the way. I had the Urkel talking doll. I had the P.B. Herman talking doll. And I had the uh, Ed Grimley talking doll. I think uh, it would probably be that everything's going to be super. I like it. Okay. Everything's going to be just super. Everything's going to be just super. That's what I say. When things are falling apart, yeah. <laughs> just grind just your back teeth and smile. All right. What movie have you seen more than any other? Um, I, I, there's probably... Three of them. can I say three? Yes. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Aliens. Okay. Get away from her, you bitch. Come yeah. on. Yeah, amazing. Um, Lost in Translation. That okay. movie, sublime. I mean... Okay. You know That's Rat Pack? You know Rat Pack? I've only uh, seen it once. Ring-a-ding-ding. Okay. Bill Murray's amazing in that movie. And then I have to say, probably... <laughs> the movie I've seen more than any other is Legally Blonde. Yes, well... One, not two. Not yeah. red, white, and blonde. Because yeah. that one is really... a. Tragedy. Yeah. But the first one is really genius it's on delicious. every level. It's delicious. I love it. What's the most trouble you ever got into in school? Oh, um, well, again, by high school, I was really trying to make my mark as uh, I was really trying to change myself and you know, right. break out. But people, so the teachers thought I was smart, but I also had a school, a full time job after school to make money. I needed to make right. money. So, even though I was clever and smart and in some AP classes, I also cheated a lot and uh, on reading things I didn't have time to do the reading because I was right. working full, t- literally a forty-hour job right. after work, and so um, I was like an AP English or AP yeah English or whatever where you'd write papers or is it English AP mm-hmm. English. Whatever, we were supposed to have. I would always read the cliff notes and highlight. You know, in Alaska right. at that time it was there was no internet that you could steal from, so it would you could get away with that a little bit. And I had written like the Red Badge of Courage report over the break, right. but I had written it off the report and I left the shit, and, um, I left the shit under my desk after returning the paper. And I, oh, I forgot my thing, and I came back, and the teacher had found my notebook and the and, Cliff Notes oh. with all the highlights, literally every passage yeah. that I read. And and the word was out that that Edward's clever. He's a little too clever, you know. Yeah. But I I got an F on it, and I might have gotten a D in the course, but whatever. You bounce back. I'm still here, baby. You're still here. What's your favorite bad movie? Um. Golly. Uh. Uh-huh. Did I have an answer for that? I don't know. I'll say Valley of the Dolls, you okay, know? Why not? I mean, that was that's it. a
0: very popular one. Yeah, of course.
1: What did you get picked on for when you were a kid? Um, and we'll wrap it up. Well, I have, I still have a little bit of a lisp, so I'm pigeon-toed, have a lisp, and was obviously gay, and uh, and didn't know it. So when right. people would say it, I was literally tr- truthfully thinking, "I am not," you right. know, damn it, and stamping my yeah. my pigeon-toed foot. But you know, looking back of any footage or pictures of me, back then I was. Obviously, on my way to choosing Valley of the Dolls as my favorite, favorite movie. Favorite bad movie. How old were you when it clicked? I was old. I was like 17 or 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I finally thought, oh, maybe... But yeah. it was still forbidden in Alaska. Yeah, so of course. Seemed, it seemed like that was a super dark path to go down. What do you remember about first coming to L.A.? Uh, I drove here with in my Toyota Tercel, to Right. With all my belongings and a Chihuahua. I had another Chihuahua at the time. Right. And I... You drove, drove all the way through Canada to Alaska. I, I drove. Well, oh, I did drive through to, to Arizona. Yeah. I was in Arizona first for a year. Yeah, it was too damn high. And I bought a Tercel with two hundred thousand miles and drove to Orange County because there was a Tony Roma's there because I had started waiting tables. Right. And so I thought I could get a job there. So I stayed at like a Motel Six or whatever for like a week with my Chihuahua. I got a roommate, and and it was just. I mean, it was me and two hundred dollars and a Chihuahua, and you know. Uh, you know, hope and a dream. It was, you know, I, I I pulled the shit together. That's what happens though when you, you know, when you're from Fairbanks, Alaska, you know, you're fearless. Anything's possible. Right. What do you remember about first coming to Hollywood? Like LA? Um, golly, I don't know. I just, uh, I just really didn't, I, I I don't know. I don't, You know, it seems like another lifetime ago. I really can't. I just remember it took a long time for me to finally get myself on the. I was very enthusiastic right. and fearless about trying anything, but woefully under skilled and prepared for actually doing the job that I wanted to do. Right. And um, I don't think I believed in myself enough, really, at first by committing to anything. To, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you have to figure. Um, you need, to, you need to study. You have to have to work hard and get your skills together before, right. you know... Don't put the cart before the horse. So it took me a while to actually get the experience so that I could feel confident to know that I might have some talent. You, something you could to do offer. what you want to Yeah, do. yeah. I, I, was, I was more enthusiastic than talented when I moved out here. Right. And somehow I still survived. You did. And you thrived. What's next for you? Uh, uh, well, I... I'm going to Costa Rica on Friday for two weeks. I love Costa Rica, and I'm um, going to chill there with a friend. And I, I got a job offer to come back to another pop culture show in January. There you go. Um, I have uh, I th- I, They offered it to me, and, and I have to meet with the network and see if they approve me next week. And um, I feel super uh, grateful that that came along. I really didn't want to work that soon. But the opportunity, it sounds like we get to make the show up together. I can bring over people that I know are funny. And it sounds like an opportunity to do it all over again. And um, that actually sounds fun. There you go. That's amazing. Right?
0: Well, I met you in a step class. Oh, yeah. What do you remember about that class? I just remember, Joe, the teachers going, mambo. And we'd all do mambo. (laughs) You were very good on the step apparatus.
1: I do remember remember that it was at a, a converted roller rink. Remember? Yeah, I didn't realize that that used to be a roller rink. Yeah, that's what that big round cement wall yes, was. At, in Valley Studio City. And I I was super into step aerobics because I just thought it was... Because I'm really uncoordinated, frankly. But steps vary one, two, three, four. Right. And that was my version of, you know, maybe having some rhythm. Yeah. Right. But I remember being super impressed that you were a working writer and that your words... We're making a living for you. Because I hadn't done that yet. I think I was still a wait- waiter at I don't that remember. time. I, was I don't wait- remember you were working at E pretty soon, though. Yeah, yeah. But you were really doing it. And really, I think you may have just published your book. We're about to publish it Maybe. about the time. And I only could dream about having done the things that you had done. Like that. I didn't think I, because I didn't really believe in myself that much wow. you know i didn't know if i had that i i had the ambition but i didn't know if i had the real talent i hadn't really done anything great right. yet or worthy of saying i'm a writer i, right. I didn't couldn't even call myself a writer i called myself a waiter so i was just super impressed that you wanted to be my friend and that oh, you that i had a crush on
0: you we had, we had a couple days that. i remember that you wore a really cool disco shirt and i was like that's I cool did I? Yes. to When we went and saw Sandra Bernhardt at uh, oh God. whatever that. I love that Cabaret Or um, Ultra Suede. Whatever that place oh, yeah, was. Yeah,
1: yeah. That was fun, actually. Yes. I remember that. I do And remember. I think we
0: went to the House of Yes premiere. Does that sound right? I love possible. the House of Yes. So I think we went to very that.
1: possible. You seem like a House of Yes. It was back
0: yes. in the 90s when shit happened.
1: When <laughs> Detour magazine was going and there were events and gift bags. Yeah, and, you, and the fact that you even had you had access to that stuff, and you know, in general, I'm not a super social person, and I'm not really, I don't often put myself out there to go to those kind of Hollywood things right. that felt like you were moving and shaken and right. part of the scene. And because you were, were close to a lot of celebrities and publicists and people in with your interviews and stuff, you had connections and stuff. And so I was so so excited that you would ever have right. passes or get us into something or there was somebody working at, you know, People magazine that you knew that to me was like That feels like a lifetime ago. I mean
0: it was at a time when when I was I was in a field and I was like doing well in a field and then it all went away. And then you, God bless you, got me that job on Fashion Police. It was you. That put me in for that, and that turned things around for me. In really,
1: a way. Saw, that's and I mean, I'll I, never
0: forget that. You good. saved my ass. Really, that's so and sweet and we never say really that. worked on a show together except for the two weeks. You were on, on the, the dish, dish for a while. Did yeah. you do
1: that before? Or after was weeks? before? Before? Yes, yeah. I
0: think it was because of that you, that you were like, you know what? I, I, it was fresh
1: in my your mind. Well, well I remember because I we I, I did the Dish also. Yeah, on the Style Channel, and I didn't know that I filled in for Tony for two weeks. Yeah, Tony Tripoli, and I. And I brought Tony on that show because I just thought you guys were funny. I mean, right. it wasn't because I knew you were a good writer, not a good writer. I just knew that you had the right sensibility to make this stuff fun, to listen to and everything. And then that's really one of those things where, like, you didn't need a big resume or you didn't need to have a written script to prove you knew how to write yeah. that stuff. Just You just need to talk right. and put that on paper and you're a writer. And that's actually one of the things I learned. If you want to say you're a writer, if you can talk. A game, then take those words and put it on paper, and you're a writer because it's just as fun to listen to you. It's just fun to read you, you know. Right. So, um, yeah, that was that all worked out well. I'm super happy.
0: Well, congratulations on the soup. Thank you. And on all on behalf of all the fans, thank you for the laughs. Oh, thank you. And the way you guys ribbed at pop culture targets that needed it.
1: Where's Lou? And, Lou, um, come here. We're gonna wrap it up. Wait, let's awesome. say, let let Lou say goodbye.
0: Let Lou say goodbye, let's and then we have to take a quick selfie, and then I have to yeah, go because I'm goodbye. gonna go see Creed. Oh, yeah, you told not me the, the band. You were, very, you were like mortified. I,
1: was, I thought you were going to see the rock group I'm going to
0: see the movie, man. The board again yeah. Scott Stapp or whatever. I know, right?
1: All, all right, all the Chihuahuas have gathered to say goodbye. Okay. Let's see if we can get Lou to do it. Come Lou, on, Lou. It's your big moment.
0: Oh! 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 Oh!
1: Oh! How
0: much do you love? I love you too! I love Oh!
1: So cute. Oh yeah, Lou is a rock star? I know. I love him. Oh, love you, baby.
0: All right. Well, Dennis, Thanks, thank really. you so this much. Was so much fun. Thank Bye. you. You're not on Twitter or anything like that. Or people just need to watch the finale of the Soup. Not that I know of, right? Okay. Good. Awesome. All right.
1: Thank you. Bye, Bye everyone. Thank you for watching.
0: Yay! Thanks again to Edward Boyd. Make sure you watch the Soup finale this Friday night on E. Uh, long live the Soup. Or maybe not. Maybe it's not living anymore. But long live it in our hearts. All right. So this happened. Not a lot has been happening except that I've been seeing a lot of movies, a lot of screeners, uh, screenings, and I cried at Creed. I want Sylvester Stallone to win the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. I mean, Actor. Actress too. I don't care. Give it to him. I want that to happen. Uh, I was really loving Creed. I was roused. I was rousing. And, I, and, and even people at the Writers Guild cheered at the end. And that's a jaded crowd. Um, so, thumbs up for that. What else did I see? Danish Girl. Liked it more than I thought I would. Really loved the girl in it. Um, watched that in a screener. Um, I also saw In the Heart of the Sea, which I wasn't that into. Um, but there was some kind of cool whale effects. But I wasn't that into it. Um, but Creed is my favorite that I saw in the last week or so. All right, Um, I love the year-end stuff with the best of lists and the screenings and the Oscars and the nominations and all the rest of it. I get all worked up. Um, And I'm seeing Star Wars. Uh, I'm supposed to go to a screening where J.J. Abrams is going to speak. I RSVP'd for it, but I won't promise anything because it may be a total clusterfuck and I won't get in or something. Anyway, but I'm going to try. And I'm I'm supposed to be on the list story of my life. Anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye!